JT, we are officially inside of week one of the 2019 college football season. The offseason felt like it was an eternity, did it not? Oh, my gosh, man. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm so glad that it's finally here because it's, I've been itching so, so bad, man. Yes. 2018 felt like it was 10 years ago for whatever reason. But we've made it. We endured. We are here. Week zero is coming gone. Hey, guys, this is the Dropouts podcast. I am Hunter. I am joined by the one and only JT. What's going on? How are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing great. Doing right. great. Uh, ready to ready to get this thing really kicked off, man. Ready to go. Hey, we got a lot to unpack here. We got a huge episode here loaded down with information. We're going to talk week zero, the uh, Florida-Miami game. We're going to talk uh, – we're going to finish out the good, the bad, the ugly with the SEC West. Then we're going to talk some transfer quarterbacks, and we'll see what else we can get into if we have time. But for right now, general first impressions and takeaways from the Florida-Miami game, the game that kicked off the 150th season of the college football. How do you feel about it? Did you watch it? I know you watched it because we talked at halftime. I did watch it. I, I did miss some of it because uh, I was on duty yep. and uh, missed some of it. But uh, I, I watched the majority of it. Mm, I was not really – impressed um it was bad football all the way around by both teams yeah Miami and Florida yeah yeah it wasn't yeah um some good things you know the Florida does have they they have weapons man they got speed oh dude um Kadarius Tony yeah playmaker super super fast fantastic yep and and can shift directions man I mean just on on a dime he's he's real shifty Super impressed by Florida's uh, pass rush. Yeah. Now, let's – to be fair, Miami might as well not have even had an offensive line on the field. Yeah. That's They're, how ineffective they were, Swiss cheese the entire time. They were, they were a young offensive line, too. That, that, that was That was mentioned at the, at the, at the onset. But, um, so. yeah, regardless, there's nothing to take away. J- Jabari Zuniga, Zuniga. Zuniga. Wow. He's a monster, He's man. He's a monster. There's no stopping him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, just – unbelievable playmaker not impressed by florida secondary not even a little bit yeah that that kind of that kind of let me down too yep. man you know for all the hype and, and the talk and everything yep. that you know for the upcoming season for those guys they uh they made some bad bad plays right there at the end of the game yeah uh, marco wilson did not have a great game now in his defense he's been out mm-hmm. for a long time uh cj henderson was a little unimpressive however i look for him to be much improved yeah, as the season goes on. He'll step it up. I I'm, think I'm that's sure. going to be the highlight is right now the pass rush. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. If you're a Florida fan, you you are more than impressed with the pass rush because 10 sacks, I mean. It doesn't ridiculous. matter if you have an offensive line or you don't yeah, have an offensive line. 10 impressive. sacks is very impressive. Yeah. Uh, the My- Miami front four on defense is very good. Miami did have a good defense. Yeah. Um, I will I will give it to them mm-hmm. on that. Um, 
did see the turnover chain, the new turnover chain. Yeah, uh, a couple and the of times. touchdown rings. And the touchdown rings. Swagalicious uh, yeah, over there on I mean, Miami. Swagging Sideline. out in, in the U, man. Yeah. All right, so let, let's let's talk about this thing from an objective standpoint, JT. The, I, I was really hard on Florida um, while the game was going on because all I can see was that number eight next to Florida on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. They're a top ten team, and I'm thinking all the hype that was around this team and this matchup, this is what we get. I, I don't, I'm, but the more I've the past yesterday and that evening past after the game ended, I had more time to sit down and process it and be a little more objective about it. Now, disclaimer, I do not think this is how Florida will play all season. No, I mean they're going to they're going to get better. They're going to um, get better. And, now, and in the eighth the, the eighth ranking, I will say, you know, that's, that's all preseason, you know, that's preseason rankings as early. Sure, and there's been a ton of excuses made for Florida because of that. Yeah. Because it was week 0, because it was up a week from everybody else. But here's my here's my take on that. Again, like I said, I don't think Florida is going to play like this for the rest of the season. I just don't. However, you cannot shut the door that maybe this is who Florida is right now. I don't think so because they have too many playmakers. We've already named Kadarius Tony is mm-hmm. one of them. Fred Hammond is one of them, right? You still got a good you still got a good stable of running backs, but they were so ineffective. You you've got a great wide receiving core, also. You've but arguably you the best in the country. Don't have anybody to get them the ball. We're gonna get the Felipe, <laughs> okay? Because he, he 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 is. Yeah. Anyway, I think he he may be. I'm not sure. He might be on a short leash. There's the, the there may not be a lot of trust between. Dan Mullen and and well, Dan Mullen just simply may not trust him, and yeah. I don't. I can't speak to that. That's not anything he said, but we'll, we'll touch on Felipe. I got some stats wrote down, but the, like I say, I don't think this is how Florida's going to play for the whole season. This is not indicative of anything right now, mm-hmm. but you can't close the door on the possibility that it might might possibly be indicative of everything. Yeah, that's you, very you possible. Just, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Now I'll be the, I'll be just as harsh a critic of Georgia. Come week one, if they come out flatline and not taking Vanderbilt serious, because let's be honest, guys, I guarantee it. Florida did not take Miami serious. They yep. were jabber jawing all season, mm-hmm. I mean all off season, about it, and they did not take them serious. This is where I start rebutting that argument that oh well, it's week zero. There's a lot of rust, and I've literally heard some guys on another podcast, Trevor Three podcast, say this. Well, they just weren't ready to play. Sorry, I don't buy that. No. Sorry, you no. knew this was coming. And this is a huge matchup. If you can't get ready for this. You've had off-season to prepare for this. All off-season to prepare yep. for it. They didn't move your game up a week a month ago. Mm-hmm. You knew this was coming. You knew who you were playing. And you didn't take it serious enough. Now, part of the, the biggest issue I have with that is because everybody will – the excuses that people made for Georgia and, to, and the Sugar Bowl with Texas. Well, they just really didn't want to be there. I didn't buy that then. Yeah. I never defended Georgia then saying, oh, no, hey, if you don't want to be there – then don't be there. Right. Don't you got to show up and play? It doesn't matter if you want to be there or not. Same thing with this. Mm-hmm. That that excuse doesn't work in the in the in the uh, Sugar Bowl for Georgia or any other team that just simply didn't want to be in the bowl game they were at. It's not going to work for me with Florida. Right. It's not going to work for me for Miami because there were some things Miami did way wrong. I mean, it was a ridiculous amount of penalties, like 225 yards of penalties. Yeah. Out of like 14. It was it was bad. Like 14 I said, it penalties, was 225 yards. Yeah, ugly, ugly football. Yeah, it was not good football. And but that first 
the first few minutes, Miami did a good drive, got the field goal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Dan Mullen was 4-4 four for four on fourth down. That was exciting. The little uh, the punt fake, the fake punt, yeah. that was great. That was, yeah. And then the next play was when the Katerius Tony 66-yard touchdown happened, mm-hmm. right? That, and that, that was a great run, but more so – it was very sloppy tackling also. It was sloppy tackling from Miami all night. Yeah. And to be fair, there was sloppy tackling no, on Florida. On, on both sides. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't – I mean, you know, missed tackles or whatever. I mean, he still showed he's – he's got the breakaway. Stiff arm at the end was – that was that was pretty nasty. Um, but, yeah, just just ugly football, man, all the way around. Yeah. Uh, on, the, on the punt, you know, the fourth down – that, that Mullen went for it. Yep. You know, uh, that's pretty ballsy. It was exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked ballsy. it. Um, and uh, I liked the call. So, you know, there was, there was some good uh, good things. Um, but after that? It was just downhill, man. It was bad. Yeah. And here's my – here's some numbers. Can you throw some numbers? And I really uh, – before you throw the numbers, I really thought maybe the start, you know, it was it was going to – it was going to get bad – you know, yeah. on on both sides, the missed tackle and everything. I said, well, maybe they're just kind of hyped up a little bit. You know, maybe they just need to kind of settle down. You know, they'll get in the groove mm-hmm. and everything. And the settling down, getting in the groove never happened. Of no. course, of course, Felipe said he was in the zone. But, you know. Well, okay. Go, yeah, go ahead with your stats. No, well, you know, and that's the other thing. The discipline that was in this game, it, it was none. None. And I'm going to be really critical of Florida's really super experienced secondary in the last, like, seven minutes of the game with the, what, 19 pass interference calls? Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. It was, it was terrible, they, gave, they did everything they could to give Miami that football and, game. And, and I actually, you know, if, if Miami would have had a a not a a seasoned quarterback maybe, you know, uh-huh. I mean, they, they had opportunities. I mean, oh, sure they right did. there. And they did not. They couldn't capitalize. They just couldn't capitalize because on it. Because that Florida pass rush was dynamic. Yeah. All right, so here, here's some numbers. Felipe Franks was 17 of 27, mm-hmm. had 254 yards passing, two touchdowns. And two INTs. And two interceptions. Yeah. Lamical P. Ryan had 42 yards on 10 attempts, zero touchdowns. Again, there was the Florida rushing game was non-existent. Yeah. Now, again, Miami's defensive line is good, but they're not great. So this is an issue, and I don't – I'm not pointing to Lamical P. Ryan here, but however, I am looking at Florida's offensive line, something that has been a, a spot of contention this whole offseason. Yeah, we did talk about that, I believe, um, when we was previewing yeah. our, our East, uh, their, Us among their offensive others. line. Yeah, it's yeah, been it a was... hot topic. And if they can't get the push up front in the trenches, this is how it's going to be, and then they're going to have to throw the game on Felipe Francis' shoulders. And quite frankly, he can't handle that. I don't think he's, he's the guy that you want to have that. Mm. Um, Jaron Williams, I gotta be, I'm impressed. I, yeah, I was, I was too. I mean, you know, like I said, the kid was running for his life all night long. Yeah, um, and he's got to learn to get rid of that the he's, ball. He's got to get rid of the football. He, he, he just holds how, on to it too long. Yeah, he showed how green he is. Yeah, but yeah. all in all, when he wasn't under pressure, which was very little. Yeah, but he was really good. Kid was, showed some grit, man. Yeah, he did. He was tough, tough mm-hmm. as nails. Nineteen of twenty-nine, two hundred fourteen yards, had one touchdown, no interceptions. DJ Dallas had twelve carries for ninety-five yards and one touchdown. He actually. I think uh, University of Miami had a collective offensive production of 308 yards. Florida had 306. 94 rushing yards for Miami, 52 collective for Florida. Miami lost a lot of rushing yards on account of the sacks. Yeah. 
you know, the hits behind the line. But here's my biggest problem with Felipe Franks. That ball he threw to Fred Hammond, gorgeous. Yeah, it was. That was an NFL-quality throw. Mm-hmm. But that was one instance. What happened later, and I don't really fault Felipe 100% for this, but it's the fourth quarter. you got four minutes left. You're leading by four. Why are you throwing the ball? I, what a weird call. I really – if if Dan Mullen called that – Yeah, he called that. That – that right there to me is just—it's absolutely poor coaching, man. It was poor decision. Yeah, but I, I'm not—I'm not gonna sit here and say, "Oh, damn, I was the worst coach ever, worst offensive play caller." But it was a really like, why are you? Why would you do that? That was weird. And then you know, to top it off, it was a horrible throw. Mm-hmm. Now originally, when you saw it, I was like, who was he throwing it to? He threw it to the Miami. He player. threw it right to the Miami <laughs> player, and then on the sideline, he said, "Well, I was trying to throw it away." That's even worse. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to be accurate for that. You just throw it. Yeah. So I'm not sure. So that's what I'm saying. You have in one this one game a stark contrast. That ball he threw, that was Peyton Manning quality to Fred Hammond. And then this one that was, you step back saying, man, what, what happened? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. Biggest problem I have for Felipe Franks is his jawing on the side of the on, on the side sidelines. I don't know if he tries to do that to, to try and pump himself up. I think so. Um, but whatever whatever it is, and what whenever he does that, there, there there needs to be some consequences for that because I mean you just you don't you don't let your players do that on the sideline. Well, you know I think, and I heard Saturday Saturday down south covered this, and they said something that that struck me. Dan Mullen has accepted this from Felipe Frank. It's just who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's meaning it disrespectful, but it comes off as very unlikable. Yeah. You're jabber jawing with Miami fans on the sideline. Dude, you're you're not you're not blowing anybody away here. Mm-hmm. You're you're getting by the skin of your teeth. He's talking to the camera. He's he's you know, he's jawing all night, saying what did he say to the camera? I told you, don't don't play with me. I'm yeah. done playing. This is what I do. And I then do this. Literally yeah. forty five seconds later you threw that pick. Yeah. And you're you're winning twenty four to twenty against an unranked team and you're you're ranked top ten. And you are by no means carrying this team. You like if he was the one carrying the team and making all the plays He's not looked stellar all night long. No, you've looked <laughs> awful all night long. And that's just a pure simple fact. Mm-hmm. You know, and but to look at him on the sideline, he gives no one any impression that he and his team is in a dogfight. Mm-hmm. That he and his team are struggling to win and that they could lose this game. Yeah. To look at him on the sideline, he just hung 50. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're about to advance to the playoffs. Yeah. And threw like four bombs, you know, for touchdowns. And Yeah. And if yeah. he was doing all that, hey. Yeah. Sure. Not my style. But right. do what you got to do. But, bro, Miami beat Miami. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I say that loosely because I do respect Florida's pass rush. But I've just – maybe I – I don't know really what I expected from the game. He just – We all expected it to be closely contested, I think. Yeah. But there was a legitimate chance. Miami should have won that game. They had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Yes, they did. To, and, to win the game. And they – when they did the fake field goal. They should have kicked that field goal. Obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're trying to make a big play, and it almost worked. Yeah, you know, and they still got another shot, and they couldn't capitalize. But the point is, is if they'd have kicked that field goal, it'd have been twenty three, twenty four, and then they could have 
Who easily knows? chipped yeah. in, hopefully, and that would have been the game. But Florida wins. They're one and zero. Miami zero and one. Week zero was come and gone. Ah, it was football. Yeah, not a not a not a great way to start the season off. <laughs> in no, my opinion, no. But again, if you're a Florida fan, guys, don't please. I know we're Georgia fans. I get it, but we're trying to be objective here, and let's just call it what it is. We're not trying to bash the no, Gators by no means. But if you're going to sit back, trying like, to be Florida Twitter's off the chain. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Florida's back. Yeah. You know, there's some sensible fans saying, guys, there's nothing to celebrate here. Right. Absolutely nothing. There's a few of them out there. Sure, there is. Just like there's some really asinine Georgia fans, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, again, come week one, because of how we're going to do this podcast, we're going to be very, very honest. Yeah. Got to be I realistic, man. very critical of Georgia for the Sugar Bowl and how they approach that game. Mm-hmm. And I remain critical of that. Um, however, but, you know, I'm not trying to plead my case here to say we're, you know, just don't we don't hate Florida it's just it is what it is that could have been anybody and we had the same criticism especially when you're a top 10 team if that had been two unranked teams eh, maybe a little bit more leeway but when you're ranked 8th coming off of a the team that played Michigan did not show up against Miami that was not the same team no at all no so all right. let's get in the good the bad the ugly what you think Let's do it, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Statman. Uh, I'm tired of the tired of the Florida talk. <laughs> Statman is not here. Okay. No, he's not. He uh, his absence is is being felt because we had to absorb his teams. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I think I'm gonna go first with because I got four. You got three. Yes. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm gonna start with LSU. All right. LSU returns eight starters on offense, and I want to say what's my number here? Zero. No. Yeah, sorry, eight on offense, eight on defense. That's that's what's returning. Um, re- offensive reduction, production returning, 80, 82%, 70% of defensive production returning. So not bad. Yeah, you know, it's pretty good numbers. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. Um, the good for LSU, the defense, most especially the secondary, arguably the number one secondary in the country. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't have Greedy Williams back there anymore, but it doesn't matter because you still got Grant Delpit. Who had 74 tackles, five sacks, four and a half tackles for loss, four interceptions. Great to help with being the strong safety. But then you got uh, Christian Fulton, who was out last season. I think he had a suspension, but to, to date he has 25 tackles and one interception. Uh, Jacoby Stevens is the free safety, 35 tackles, one and a half sacks, uh, five tackles for loss, one interception. And then the lauded freshman cornerback, Derek Stingley. Look for him. Right now, Ed O'Dron says he's one of the best cornerbacks on the field right now. Wow. That's including Grant Delpit, our defensive backs. It's big praise, man. That's big praise. And Derek <laughs> Stingley is a, a very highly touted recruit, and by and large, look for him to contribute often and early. Uh, their running backs is also good. Nick Brissett is gone, but you have a highly lauded John Emory Jr. coming in as a freshman. He was originally committed to Georgia, decommitted, and now he's staying home. He's actually there from uh, Louisiana. Hard to pull kids out of Louisiana oh, yeah. if you're not at LSU. Um, but look for him to, be, to contribute often and early as well. Uh, but they also have uh, Clyde Edward Hilaire. Is that how you say his name? Uh, you got me, buddy. I think that's how you say his name, Clyde Edward Hilaire. Now, he was um, there behind Nick Brissett, obviously. He had uh, 96, let's see, nope. Yeah, I'm sorry. 146 attempts, 658 yards, 
uh, and he had seven touchdowns, four and a half yard average per carry. So not bad, good production, experience. And then you couple that with, uh, again, the highly touted true freshman coming in and John Emory Jr. He, I think they're going to be in good shape at running back position. Mm-hmm. And then you got the quarterback position and Joe Burrow. This team loves Joe Burrow. They've rallied behind Joe Burrow. They're going to play for Joe Burrow. And I look for him to take a big step this season. He's a gamer, man. He is a gamer. 2,894 yards, 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, has a QB rating of 133.2. Last season he had 219 uh, completions on 379 attempts. I look for him again to take a big step under this under this offense. The bad, the pass protection. This is a question mark. They allowed 36 sacks last season, so that's that's just way too many. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're going to have to be better there. Uh, their tight ends is also a question. Foster Moreau was the only tight end last season to get catches in the LSU offense, and he's gone. He's in the NFL. So who who steps in there with the tight ends? Do they move a receiver over? It remains to be seen. The ugly special teams. Yeah. LSU special teams is not good. They ranked 11th in the ACC with an average of 5.8 yards per return. That's just that's poor production. So yeah, that's, that has that's to improve. Uh, and then of course. The ugly is the schedule. They just have a, an inherently tough schedule, being in the conference they're in, specifically the division they're in with the SEC West, having to play Auburn and Alabama, Texas A&M, then they cross over, they play Florida. I believe the other crossover is – yeah, Vanderbilt. Never mind. But still, pretty rough slate. Yeah. Pretty no rough doubt. slate. All right. Who you got? Uh, we'll start out with the uh, old Texas A and M. All right, this is what I'm excited about with the Aggies here. Uh, Statman was supposed to have this, but uh, of course, you know, we had to absorb it. Since had to call an audible. Yeah, since he's not going to be here. So, all right. Uh, last year, A and M nine and four, five and three in the SEC. They returned seven on offense and five on defense. The good, they got a. Veteran quarterback Kellen Mond, he returns under center. Um, he passed for over three thousand yards, three thousand one hundred seven yards last year, to be exact. Rushed for four hundred and seventy four. Had a completion rate of fifty seven point three percent. Twenty four TDs, nine INTs, and he was sacked thirty four times. That's a lot. A lot of sacks. Yeah. Um. The uh, also in the good they have a top five recruiting class for 2019. So uh, we're fixing to see what kind of talent that that top five recruiting class right. you know had. Jimbo's a good recruiter. In. Oh yeah, no doubt. Um, they also had the fourth best run defense in the country last year, which I wasn't aware of that, but uh, that's uh that's, that's that's pretty big. Um. The bad, you're losing a lot of offense when you lose Travion Williams. Oh, yeah. Huge loss. For sure. Huge loss. Uh, big shoes to fill. Uh, he had 18 rushing TDs, one receiving, and he also had uh, 1,760 yards rushing. Um, Deshaun Corbin is is the guy that, that appears to be going to take over this mm-hmm. um, this, this load. Uh, but they also have Vernon Jackson, uh, 6'3", 240-pound sophomore. Little and, guy. Yeah, little guy. 
And uh, Jacob Cabote, who's 6'2", 220. He's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, both of those are pretty small guys. Hmm. I can take them. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, the defensively, the line has only one returning starter uh, with multiple career starts. And, and that this is where it starts to get dicey, in my opinion, for Texas a That's exactly right. Um, that, that guy is Justin Matabuke. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah. Um, Guys, if, if they ever stumble upon this and we butcher your last name, we're sorry. Yeah. Let's just know that. Super sorry. Um, Please don't hurt me. Yeah. So uh, he had eight and a half tackles for loss last year and four and a half sacks and five QB hurries. Um, so he's the only only returning starter with multiple career starts. Um, the ugly for A&M, their schedule is absolutely oh yeah brutal i know a lot of people say that south carolina has the toughest well yeah they do because it's south carolina mm-hmm. but texas a&m a more talented team if you look at their slate no yeah yeah it's uh it's it's, it's pretty brutal um so that's uh that's what i got for texas a&m uh so you know we look for question marks on the on the defensive line and uh See what they got in the backfield to carry carry the load for Travion Williams. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that works out for him. Yeah. Um, moving on to well, you want to no, you go do ahead. yours? No, well, yeah, let me because I got four. I yeah, Sorry. Go, yeah, you go ahead. I got the Ole Miss Rebels. I like Ole Miss. Yeah, I like Ole Miss. I like the colors. I didn't like them in 2016 because they destroyed us in Oxford. Yeah. But that's okay. I do like their colors. I, I like the powder blue. One of the better looking uniforms. I was really disappointed with Statman did not have them, and admittedly Auburn. Yeah. As, as some of the best, but whatever. It wasn't my list. My yeah. list would have been better. By the yeah, way, you know that's Statman for you. Yeah. yeah. Ole Miss was five and seven last season. Okay. They returned three starters on offense. So that's not good. No. They returned ten on defense. So here's what we're looking at. Last season, their offense was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Their defense is horrible. Now it's, there's a possibility we're going to be looking at a completely swapped-up version of Ole Miss where you've got um, three starters returning on offense, ten on defense. They're returning 30% of their offensive production, 71% of defensive production. The good for Ole Miss right now it is the defense. It should be much improved under the new de- uh Defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre. I look for improvement. Yeah. Specifically at linebacker. You got Muhammad Sonogo. Sonogo. That's a Sonogo because I don't know how to say his last name properly. <laughs> Muhammad Sonogo. It's one of, the, one of those names, Guys, man. <laughs> 112 tackles at one sack, five and a half tackles for loss. They bring in Juco linebacker Lakia Henry, who should provide some help. He's got a uh, huge upside coming in, with obviously, with some experience. Um, I look for their running backs to actually be pretty good on offense. Okay? But Ole Miss shares some of the afflictions with some of these other teams with their offensive line. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in the bad. They got a one-two punch on Scotty Phillips and, and Isaiah Woolard. Uh, Woolard? Scotty Phillips had 928 yards, 12 touchdowns, 6.1 average on 153 attempts. Then you have Isaiah Woolard who had 428 yards on 84 attempts, four touchdowns, 5.1 yard average. Not bad. Good one-two punch. But then, lauded true freshman, 
Jerry Ely. Look for him to probably get the first few snaps of the season. Dynamic football player. So he's going to add an element to their offense that could spark and be a little better than what I'm expecting. However, I do take I do expect them to take a small step back yeah. in their offensive production. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that wide receivers, this is in the bad, completely re- rebuilt wide receiver room, much like Georgia. Mm-hmm. A lot of unproven talent. Talent is there. Right. However, the experience is not. Yeah. Georgia tends to have a few more because they they have uh, Tyler Simmons, you know, Demetrius Robertson, Lawrence Tager. However, this is a completely rebuilt room. Your top three wide receivers and DJ Metcalf or DK Metcalf, sorry, AJ Brown and Demarcus Lodge are gone. Right. True freshman Jonathan Mingo, great football name. Love that name. Mm-hmm. Should provide a spark. He's that dynamic where he could come in as a true freshman and make a huge difference. So, the offensive line, though, they only got two starters back. Yeah. It's so that, tough. That's tough. Yeah. That, and especially in the, again, the division they're in, that does not bode well, especially when you're playing teams like LSU, you're going to be playing teams like Bama, mm-hmm. you know, even Mississippi State. So, the ugly, you got to look at the totality of the picture for Ole Miss. And it pretty much, I don't have to date, have they named, and as of recording right now, and I may be mistaken, I don't think they've named a starting quarterback. I have not seen where they have. They may have. I they don't may know, have, but I but have not seen it. Right now, uh, Jordan Tiamu is gone, who I really liked. I mm-hmm. enjoyed watching him play, but he's gone. Matt Coral is there. Last season, 22 attempts, 16 completions, 239 yards, had two touchdowns and one interception. So, not great. But, again, that's a small sample size. Not right. fair. They also have John Rice Plumley. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Highly recruited by Georgia. In fact, they one-time Georgia commit. Yep. Good football player. Is it you know? Is he going to be in early? Is he going to be in often? It's kind of hard to say. So while I'm on Mississippi, I'm going to go ahead and jump into Mississippi State. Is that okay with you? Go ahead. Eight and five in 2018. Okay, they've returned seven starters on offense, four on defense. 59% of their offensive produ- production returning, 56% of their defensive production returning. They're good. They do have a quarterback, Tommy Stevens, from Penn State. This should be good. Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why. Because he played under Joe Moorhead at Penn State. So he knows Joe Moorhead's knows system. system. That's yep. exactly right. Mm-hmm. So that should be great. Their offensive line is actually really good. They got four linemen having starting experience. Okay. They also got a good crop of wide receivers. Uh, the bad, their defense is not going to be great. Um, Montez Sweat, Jeffrey Simmons, they're gone. You know, there's question marks on the defense, specific to the cornerback position. They don't have a lot of experience there. They're in pretty good shape um, at linebacker. But the defensive line will probably take a step back. They'll still be good, but I, I, just, I don't look for them to be as good, obviously, when, you know, again, you got four starters off that defensive line is gone. Right. You know, limited experience. So that, that kind of bleeds into the ugly with the defensive line. Um, and then also – to date, right now, I don't know anything past the fact that other than that there are going to be some players suspended from Mississippi State on account of kind of a similar situation with Mizzou where you had a tutor taking tests for some players, I think some basketball and some football. Mm-hmm. But right now I've heard no names, and this opens up a whole other can of worms with the NCAA, who is an absolute freaking joke, mm. in my opinion. Don't get me started. a horrible, horribly run institution. I'm not going to get on a soapbox here about the NCAA because we're going we're to reserve that. Because they promise you they're going to give us more ammunition. Oh, I guarantee it. They're just awful. And I, they, they've proven time and time again they're inconsistent. 
They're just making it up as they go along. There's there's no rhyme or reason. There's no protocol. There's no algorithm. There's just I don't even know what they do. I don't even know if there's a if there's a building they meet at. If it's a you know a, a kiosk at the mall next to a Quiznos where they meet. I don't know what they do other than I think a tell, lot of people don't know what they do. They tell the fans we're going to do what's best for the players, the institutions, and the sport. Mm. No, okay. you don't. Yeah. It, this it's all about the bottom dollar, and this is how they're handling Mississippi State versus Mizzou. And Mizzou fans are outraged, and they should be. It's ridiculous. Sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, JT, go ahead. Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, they will give us plenty of ammunition, I'm sure, as the as the season progresses. Well, uh, yeah, and, uh, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, the next one that I have in the West will be the Auburn Tigers. War Eagle. Last year, 8-5. and five. <laughs> Three and five in the SEC, not a good season for them. They returned seven offensive players and seven defensive. The good, defensively, they're going to be really, really good. Yeah. They returned Derek Brown, monster. I like the way he plays. So aggressive. Uh, just yes, Marlon Marlon Davidson and Nick Coe. And they also return Big Cat Bryant. That's just that's we a, missed on him. Yeah, we did. We uh, we we definitely swung and missed. But you know, they we can't get, we can't get them all. <laughs> we have to share the wealth. Um. Anyway, these guys they're returning. Uh, they're going to bolster that D line. Uh, after uh, Dontavious Russell, he's gone. You know, he departed for the NFL. Um. So it's going to be uh. Man, they're 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 going to be nasty up front. Um, really athletic, also. Uh, secondary, it's much like the D line. A lot of experience returning. Uh, Javaris Davis, Daniel Thomas, Jeremiah Denson, they all return. Um, and this is a key right here. This is this is this is a major major key. Yeah. Every backup that they have in those positions, they're all returning. Interesting. Yeah, so they have some depth. Yeah, they to rely def- on. They definitely have some depth, um, and they got they got some talent coming in also. Uh, the bad, the offense, yeah, still up in the air. A lot of question marks. Yeah, a lot of question marks. I, I haven't done a deep dive in the Auburn's offense. Yeah, a lot a lot of question marks there. Um, they did name Bo Nix, you know, as the yep. starter. Uh, he'll be the man under center. Who's the kid they got that is so ridiculously fast? Uh, receiver drop the An- letter balls anthony schwartz. schwartz yes super super fast yes um so getting back to bo nicks uh he's got plenty of talent um he was also rated number one dual threat qb for mm-hmm. the class of two, 2019 just unproven you know we just don't right just don't know uh you know he could be he could be the next tour i mean yeah he who could. Knows? could be the next from i mean right. so, we're living in an age man we're Apparently, experience at quarterback is means little to nothing. Yeah. So you just, I mean, it's just up in the air. Yeah, uh, but it's like you said, though, unproven commodity. Right. So, so, and I, I had to put that in the bad because. Well, sure. Because of that. Sure. You know, you're just unsure. Yeah. Um, Ryan Davis, Darius Slayton, they all moved on. Uh, so there's going to be a question mark with the receiving core. Was Darius Slayton? He's been there since the '80s. Dude, Darius. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like he's been there for. He was long. there. He was there for a while. Uh, but you know, 
Good receiver. Really oh, yeah. good receiver. Fantastic. And big target, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm glad to see him go. <laughs> yeah, me too, as a Georgia fan. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Yeah, he killed Georgia. Um, but they Not got last year he didn't. No, he didn't last year. What's that? Three talented freshmen returned from last year. Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, the the speedster man, the burner, and uh, Booby Whitlow. Um, he'll be out the backfield. And Schwartz, you know, he just – man, he, he can just – he flies, man. Yeah. Like he shouldn't be that fast, but he's fast. Yeah, he's fast. Yeah. Um, so you, in in the rushing department, you got Whitlow, you got Cam Martin. Um, they had experience to the backfield. Uh, biggest plus is the O line. They return all seniors on the O line. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not only will that help the run game, mm-hmm. that's going to help Bo Nix also. Yeah. Um, you know it'll help it'll help open up holes for the run too. Which uh, is odd because the run game last season. It was. It was. Wasn't it really was, there. Yeah. It was. It was. So I really wonder how much you know, and that should you would think another year of experience for that offensive line. Yeah. Should, especially Booby Whitlow's a good good back. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there again, put it in the bad, you know, but you just you don't know. You, it's just up in the air. Yeah. Uh, but that O line, man, that's uh, you know all senior laden offensive line. That is that's huge. Mm-hmm. It is huge. And that's funny because Oregon has one of the better offensive lines, mm-hmm. too, in the country. And I'm really excited about that matchup. We're going to do some picks at the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see Auburn's defensive line, who in my opinion is the best in the country, oh, probably yeah. outside of Bama. Uh, and I'm how they match up against Oregon's all line. Sorry. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I'm very, very excited. Unlike the Florida-Miami game, I'm very excited for the Auburn-Oregon. Yeah, they probably should have done that one. For yeah, that, that should have been the opening. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, the ugly for Auburn, they're orange, and Gus Malzahn, man. Ah. Just no, <laughs> I just don't like Gus yeah, Malzahn. <laughs> they don't have a lot of orange. They don't celebrate their orange quite as much they don't. as Tennessee and Clemson and Florida and Syracuse, who's literally the orange. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. But, yeah, I mean, I really couldn't find anything ugly other than, you know, that. Figure out a mask. Pick a mascot. Let's do that. Yeah, Let's yeah. do that this year. We're getting into 2020 coming up next year. Yeah. You know, that's the future. Pick one, do you, want, do you want an eagle? Yeah. Or do you want a tiger? No, do you want a war eagle or do you want a tiger? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Let's let's figure this out. I mean, you, you have to – But as I say it, the war eagle is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, look, I've already praised them on their uniforms earlier because I do <laughs> like their uniforms. I'm not going to get crazy. With just, just one praise it's at It's kind of like the whole – and I get <laughs> – Alabama, I understand why they have what they have when they had the elephant. Yeah. I get it. Back in the day, they said, look, I heard elephants coming down the field. Yeah. Crimson Tide elephants? No, no, no. No. Figured it out. So, uh, yeah, that's my take on Auburn, man. Uh, really, really excited to see them play Oregon, uh-huh. um, who they are saying the offensive line that Oregon has is right there along with Georgia's. Yeah. So Not far behind. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how the, the – and then Auburn has to, you know, again they face Georgia. Yeah. So November. So it'll be interesting to see how Auburn's D line handles. Yeah. Oregon's O line. So. All right. So uh, let me hit Arkansas real quick. All right. The Razorbacks. Uh, you know. Is I, there a team Arkansas? There. Yeah. <laughs> they. Uh, Chad Morris is is. You know what? I, I was surprised actually when I did a, a little bit of a deep dive here. 
Um, I didn't expect to be impressed, but in relation, it's not bad. They were two and ten last season, so lots of room for improvement. They can't they, go anywhere but up. If they double that win total, that's a plus. That's a good thing, that's right? That's right. They're returning six on offense, six on defense. Sixty-four percent of offensive production is returning. Sixty percent of defensive production returning. So they're not bad in terms of numbers. Mm. The good for Arkansas is running back. This should be the strength of their offense. They did name a quarterback today, and for the life of me, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, but they named a starter. Uh, but Raheem Boyd. 734 yards on 123 carries, two touchdowns, six point or six yards per carry average. Then you got Devois or Devois Whaley, 768 yards on 82 carries, two touchdowns, four and a half yard average. And then you got Chase Hayden, 251 yards on 57 carries, one touchdown, 4.4 yard average. So really, they got a one-two punch there mm-hmm. with Raheem Boyd, Raheem Boyd and Whaley, and they're all three different type backs. One's more finesse. Then you got one that's the bruiser that runs right over people. And then the, the turn and burn kind of guy. Right. Uh, the wide receivers, they got five of the top six are back. Let me read you some of their stats. You got to get a different book here. Um, Petway is drama. They got Cheyenne O'Grady, who had uh, 400 yards receiving on 30 receptions, six touchdowns. You got Mike Woods, Jordan Jones, Deion Stewart, Rakeem Boyd, who is caught, caught some balls at the, at the uh, backfield. He had 23 receptions for 165 yards, 7.2-yard 7. average uh, per catch. So, yeah, they got some pretty good production on wide receiver. Mm-hmm. But they also have a pretty good defensive line. So we'll get to, to that. But the bad, their secondary, the uh, defensive backs, they only return two starters. So, you know, when, you, when you're going to be placing somebody who's – Probably going to be more pass-heavy like Auburn, Bama, even possibly Ole Miss. Might get, you're, you're, might get shredded. You're probably, yeah, you're probably going to get shredded. Um, special teams is not great. They were 116th in the country. Not very good production. The ugly, their offensive line. Three of their key pieces are gone. They don't really have a lot where they can pressure the quarterback either. 26 sacks in, 20, in 2018. Not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, fall back on their schedule. Not an easy schedule. I'm going to read off some of their schedule. I do think they doubled the win total this year, however. They start the season off of Portland State. Okay. Um, then they go to Ole Miss. Then they have Colorado State, San Jose State. Then they got Texas A&M, which is a neutral site game in Arlington. By week, they play Kentucky. Then they play Auburn. Then they add Alabama. What a tough slate right there. And then they go to Mississippi State. No, they host Mississippi State for homecoming. Then they got Western Kentucky by a week, and then LSU and then Missouri in Little Rock. So not an easy, but they have four wins in there, I think. They can get, obviously, Portland State. I think they can get Colorado State. They should handle San Jose State, and they should handle Western Kentucky. Do they have someone on their schedule they can upset? It's possible. Mm. And who I think is possible is Kentucky. It, there's a possibility there, maybe. Yeah. I I don't see it happening. Um, well, we'll go ahead and call that a, a hundred ball prediction. Okay. Arkansas upsets Kentucky because you know Kentucky's probably going to be favored. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Probably yeah. not by much, but yeah. they'll be favored. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Sure they will. So you got 
the Crimson Tide. I got old Bama. Yay. Bama, Bama. I heard enough of old Bama. Yeah. All right. Bama, 14-1 last year. 8-0 in the SEC. Only loss was to Clemson in the national championship. It was an ugly loss, 44-14. to 14. Sorry to bring that up there, Bama fans, but uh, there wasn't too much roll tide that night. Uh, man, they returned 13 starters. Um, so, the, the good offense, you got Tua, you got Najee Harris, Jerry Judy. Tua? I... I I think he's. I think he's a such a likable dude. Yeah, like he is. He is. He is a very likable dude. I mean, I, I really like the way that we we hit him <laughs> in the SEC championship game. Uh, I did not, however, like when he came out and was replaced. Um, yeah, no. I didn't like how things went after that. Hey, got to close the game, man. Got to yeah. play all four quarters. Yep, that's true. Uh, but anyway, you got Tua, you got Najee Harris, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith, who's a who's a thorn in my side too. Uh, um, man, the offense is just—they're going to be as explosive as any any other time. Uh, and they're playing Alabama coming off a loss. Yeah, I don't know what the statistics are, and it's been talked about ad nauseum by other outlets, but they're ridiculous coming off a loss. And and they had and and Saban had Mike Tyson come in and and pep talk them. I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> I think Mike Tyson might have been there at the University of Alabama Hospital for a brain scan, and he just kind of wandered in. Oh man, he's in bad shape, man. Uh, so also, running back that we missed out on was Trey Sanders. Yeah, we're not gonna get to see him. Um, yeah, he. Uh, uh, we'll see. You know what happens with him. Yeah. Um, defensively. The backside, man, plenty of talent returning. Uh, and I will read those also. Trayvon Diggs, Patrick Sertain is second, Shaheem Carter, and Xavier McKinney. Mm-hmm. Just, they're just they're, those are Sunday. They're going to be stout. Sunday guys. Yeah. All four of them. Yeah. You know, there's other ones. Yeah. They have depth. Well, I think they're 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 hurting at depth in linebacker, maybe. The – the D line is that where it's at? Is 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 kind of a question mark? Okay. Um, because you lose Quinn and Williams, sure, and also Isaiah Bugs. Okay. So that's that, that. There's a question mark there. Um, of course, I'm sure that just like any other time, you know, next man up. Yeah. Some, next man up. Somebody's gonna fill in, fine. Because you know Saban just has that tendency to find these kids that well he can't rely on Jalen Hurts now because he's gone he's in Oklahoma that's exactly right so thank God <laughs> um but the uh the depth that they have there at D-line man that, that I mean that should be any problem they should overcome those question marks with that yep um you got Anthony Jennings Dylan Moses in the in the middle um should be solid mm-hmm. so uh, yeah. <laughs> You just don't have any holes, really. No. <laughs> um, the bad, and this 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 could be could be 
Um, and I, matter of fact, I was reading this, this coming from uh, this come from a Saturday Down South publication. Um, I didn't think about it, but this 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 really makes a lot of sense. The bad, the only thing that that, that I could think of is the loss of Mike Loxley uh, calling the offense. Right. Now you have and Dan Enos is gone. Yes, Dan Enos also. Um, you got Steve. Let's try it again, Sarkeesian. <laughs> hey. So he doesn't know whether he wants to go to college. Seventeenth time is the charm. Hey, I mean, you know, give it a shot, Sark. Word. Give it a shot, baby. Um, I mean, he's going to a uh, great program. I mean, yeah. I'll have to give him that. You know, going from the Falcons to the the Tide. So hey, rock on, Sark. Rock on. Um. Bama's offense was uh, was third last year, mm-hmm. only behind Oklahoma and Utah State at 45.6 points per game. That's a lot of point production that Mike Loxley put up. Yeah. So that's kind of hard to improve on. So You're right. It's hard to improve on, so that's about maintained at this point. I'd say Sark's got, a, got his work cut out for him. See, I would say on the other end, I think, man, you just walked into a dream. Well, yeah. With that kind of talent. Yeah, but did you see the kind of offensive play calling he had? Well, that's true. In Atlanta. Uh, yeah, this is very true. Uh, he yeah, found a way just, to jack that up, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. You know. Okay, yeah, fair enough. So, so uh, you know, remains to be seen. That's, yeah. That's the only really bad thing I could think of, uh, you know, and, and like I said, you know, thanks to the guys at Saturday Night South that put that in there, I was like, man, I said, this is, this is really. They're way better what they do, by the way. Yes, they are. I was Still like, listen to us. We're good. Yeah, that's right. Um, and like I said, that was the only bad thing. The ugly, you can't really find anything ugly. Yeah, about I didn't expect you to have anything there. Yeah, uh, you know, there's 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 really nothing ugly maybe, about it. Maybe who is behind Tua in case Tua because Tua durability for Tua over the last season was a question mark. Mm-hmm. By the end of the season, man, he was especially come to SEC championship. You know, hit the medical tent was his second home. Yeah. So. You got his brother. Do we have an unproven? Yeah. But then again, unproven. the other, you know, Tua was Tua. unproven. So. No, nobody heard about Tua either. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> so there's unproven commodities. That's easy to, that's a fail safe. But. And I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing Roll Tide, man. That's, that's the ugly. I'm just tired of hearing it. All right. Fair yeah. enough. I'm ready to hear some go dogs. I hear you. <laughs> go dogs. All right. We're going to take a quick break. That was the good, the bad, the ugly for the SEC West. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back. Welcome back to the Dropouts Podcast. All right, JT, 2019 has been a good year because I have not had to touch my landscaping all summer. That's nice, man. JD's Landscaping and Irrigation, help me out. They can help you out. The season is changing, but you know what doesn't change? The fact is your yard needs maintenance. So give Trey Heath a call at JD's Landscaping and Irrigation, 912 912- Two seven one six three two zero. They will hook you up. Fast, friendly service, thorough work, best in the business. Give them a call. They have sponsored this podcast, and we really, really, surely appreciate it. You know what else we appreciate? I'm gonna take some time before we get into this. Every one of the listeners that we've had. Yeah, definitely, man. We have been overwhelmed with how many listeners we've actually gotten. Okay. And we really appreciate it. Or we're growing every episode. We we just we can't tell you thank you enough for taking the time for those of you that do to find us and tune in and hear what we got to say. 
It's flattering. That's why we do it. We yeah. do it. You know, we do it for people. You know, we want to. Yeah. We want to give them. You know what we've got. You know, as far as our passion and everything else. You know, that's right. There's there's nothing better than me than sitting down, just talking football with somebody, talking baseball. You know. Oh, it's great fun. Whatever. It's awesome, especially college football. Yeah. There's so many debatable. So much. You know, and that's what's funny. Stats shouldn't be debatable. No. But somehow we no. find a way to do it. But the point is, thank you. Keep listening. We really appreciate it. But listen, even if y'all stop listening and it's only my mom and my wife that listens, we're still going to do this because it's fun. And we have we, a blast. We doing really it. enjoy doing this. I'm happy to be here with JT. We like having Statman in. The interviews we've done, we've already made some really cool memories. Yes. Talking with guys like Justin Scott Wesley, Chris Marler, Mike Johnson, Blake Topmeyer, hopefully more to come. Mm-hmm. Tim Tebow, if you're listening, we're still waiting on you to respond. So we really appreciate it. We're flattered. We're humbled. Spread the word. Find us on Twitter. Let us know how we're doing. I'm still Talk waiting on us. still waiting on Laura Rutledge too. <laughs> yeah. You know, engage with us on Twitter. We have a lot of fun on Twitter. We we try to be as objective and polite as possible. Well, I think we do a pretty good job. Yeah, I yeah. think so. And uh, subscribe to our channels. All right, 2019 has clearly and quickly become the year of the transfer quarterback mm. in college football. And if you look back, really, this started back in 2017. Jake Fromm started this by no de- not hit his own device. He didn't mm. help it. He was just, you know, he was just there. Jacob Eason got hurt. He stepped in. True freshman. Next season, Jacob Beeson's out, you know, and then there's been, ever since, there's just been transfer quarterback at the transfer quarterback at the transfer quarterback. So what I want to do, JT, is I got a list, and mind you, this isn't all of them, mm-hmm. but this is a fair amount of them that have found a new home away from their original school, and they have won the starting job at their new school. Okay? okay? So we may miss some, but still, the transfer quarterbacks, they're all the rage. And we got some there here we're going to go through. Kelly Bryant left Clemson, found a new home at Missouri. He is the starting quarterback. Has been since he walked on campus. Austin Kendall from Oklahoma. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Highly touted recruit. He's now at West Virginia, starting quarterback. Seeing that today. Yep. Jacob Eason of UGA fame is at UW, University of Washington. Back in his home state. Good for Jacob. Yep, good for Jacob. Ran off uh, Jake Hayner. After he lost the starting job, and mm-hmm. we're not going to get started on that and how I feel about that, but Jacob Eason is the starting quarterback for the University of Washington Huskies. Justin Fields, as everybody knows, is at Ohio State now, also from UGA. He is the starting quarterback. Tate Martin, oh, I'm kidding. He's still he's there. He's at Miami. He didn't get the starting job. Everybody knows Jaron Williams did. But However, he was in the slot an awful lot. Yeah, he was. So, Playing receiver. And what does that say for the Miami receiver core? I don't know. Mm. Jalen Hurts left Bama, is at Oklahoma, is the starting quarterback. Tommy Stevens from Penn State is now at Mississippi State. Nick Starkle left A&M to go to Arkansas, and he lost the starting job to Ben Hicks. I had forgotten his name earlier with the good, the bad, the ugly on Arkansas, but he is Ben Hicks from Southern Methodist University. He is the starting quarterback over Nick Starkle. Uh, Florida State, I believe it is... Blackman is the quarterback there, but Alex Hornerbrook came over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got Brandon Wimbush as the starter at UCF from Notre Dame. Right. So off that list, uh, outside of Florida State, because outside of Florida State and Miami, 
which of those transfer quarterbacks stands out to you the most? Who do you think is going to be the most successful? And I know that's a lot, and I know it's kind of it's, it's all speculation at this point. But think about those teams. Who has the best shot at being the most successful at their new destination? I think right off the bat, I mean, you, you I mean, you got to say Jalen Hurts. Um, I don't disagree with you. He, uh, I mean, he's coming into a program that, uh, I mean. He's got athletes all around him. Yeah, you know it's being called has been called QBU. Yeah, he's got a line in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think he's I think he's really going to thrive there. Uh, Kelly Bryant's another one. Uh, I think he's think he's going to be good at Missouri. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Oh yeah, and, and that's what I, that's what I've been telling people. He man. won't have the production that he did at Clemson, but yeah, I I, I really think Missouri is going to be. I think they're going to be good, man. I really do. I think they're number two in the East. Um, the uh, the interesting one is uh, is Jacob Eason, man. He's he's in that that West Coast mm-hmm. offense, air raid, air raid, mm-hmm. and that's right up his alley, man. Big arm, and he's got a huge arm, great arm, and yes. great disposition. Oh yeah, he's a great kid, man. Yeah. He's a great kid. For what he did, you know, to stick around after Jake Fromm was there, and you know, basically took the took the job over, and you know, Jacob really never seen the field after that, right? Uh, but he was he was a teammate, which is what you what you should be, you know, you should you should be there to support your team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he did that. So that's why I got a lot I got mad respect for for Jacob for the way he handled all that. Um, I wish more guys would do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, those those three. Those those three really stand out to me more so than than the others. Um, I, I guess maybe because I really don't know much about the other ones. Right. Um. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my three that really that really stand out. I think that's going to have a stellar yeah. season. Uh, J- and Jalen Hurts probably being the number one on that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on the Jalen Hurts. Now, I believe Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields will probably generate the most in terms of Heisman talk when it comes that time. I just think Justin Fields is is a really dynamic player. If you watch his high school film, now does that translate into college? I don't know. That's hard to say. I think he's a good athlete, man. I really do. I, yeah. And and I you know I've I've, I've bashed Justin for the way he handled all this stuff and I think you know a lot of it had to do with you know his his dad mostly but uh I just um I don't know I, I just just the way that he handled things yeah you know at Georgia um and watching him on the field uh, he's he's a big he's a big question mark to me man I don't know if he's if he's you know ready for for that type of offense you know with that big stage um so we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, the reason I say I think he's I think Ryan Day and the Ohio State offense is more suited to use the type of quarterback that Justin Fields is than Georgia was. Certainly, yeah, it, Georgia's a run first offense. Yeah, you saw how Dwayne Haskins did. I mean, he thrived in that system. I, I I'm not saying Justin Fields is a Dwayne Haskins, right? But the mobility that Justin Fields has does surpass the mobility Dwayne Haskins did. Oh yeah. So I think he's going to be a playmaker. And he's going to stand out in a conference where defense isn't known. Yeah, you're within, right. You're you know exactly I mean? right. Yep. He's able to stretch the field. He also has a big arm. Um, 
my my biggest knock on him, I suppose, would be the assessment that we kept getting of his retention of the playbook. Right. So we'll see if that was true, if that's unfounded. I don't know. I don't like to speculate, especially with these young kids. But um, Jalen Hurts, to me, is a no-brainer. Because mm-hmm. he's going to be playing with somewhat of a chip on his shoulder, not because of Bama, but because people have been saying, well, he's just not – He's not NFL ready. He mm-hmm. lost the starting job to Tua. Uh, well, then he comes back and he does what he did to Georgia in the SEC championship game in 2018. I just think he's – Lincoln Riley is going to find new ways to use Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. that Bama didn't because, again, that's the kind of quarterbacks that you know uh, Oklahoma likes to use. Yeah. Um, I'm also think Tommy Stevens is going to be a good – a, a nice surprise in Mississippi State. Again, he was with Joe Moorhead at Penn State. So Tommy Stevens knows the playbook, possibly. Yeah. He knows what uh, Joe Moorhead's expectations are. And now he's, but he is playing in the SEC against SEC West defenses. So that remains to be seen, but still a interesting. Different animal there. But I'm really going to be paying a lot of attention. And this is the only reason I am to the Pac 12 is because of Jacob Eason. I want to see him do good. Yeah. And I, I believe agree. they have an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And a lot of that is because of Jacob Eason. I think he's going to be more comfortable. He was never really comfortable, I don't think, with Georgia. Not that he didn't like it. It's just it was a different pace than mm-hmm. what he was used to. Speed. Speed the was speed a of the game. Big, and that big was difference. admittedly what he said. That was out of his own mouth, that the mm-hmm. speed of the game was just different. Mm-hmm. And he never really said because it was SEC. He Most people just attribute that to the fact he was in college. Well, I, I, I think it's because it was the SEC. Yeah. And because of the type of – system he played in at Lake Stevens where he's from in, in Washington so I, I think Jacob Eason is going to be a lot of fun to watch I hope he does well and I think he will I do too I hope he does man really looking forward to, to seeing him yes can't wait alright we're going to do some picks and these are locks by the way if you pick it by God it's yours you can't right. change it and we did week one and week two because there just wasn't a lot of interesting game there is big time games week one uh, so you'll we're going to start with Thursday on the newly minted ACC Network at 8 p.m., Georgia Tech goes to Death Valley to play Clemson. Now, I'm, I have no doubt who's going to win this game. <laughs> I don't think Clemson's even near upset alert. No. But I still think this is going to be a fun game to watch. You think? Yeah, I do, because Georgia Tech got a new coach and Jeff Collins. See what kind of offense they bring to I the table. I want to see what kind of offense they bring, because, you know, mm. you're taking these triple option guys and throwing them into a more of a, a pro-style Mm-hmm. system with Jeff Collins, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he's trying to do and the kind of athletes he's recruited and how many freshmen does he put on the field. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Now, Clemson's favored by 36 to date. I haven't – this is earlier today. The over-under is 60. Mm. I think the only way that they, somebody hits the over is if Clemson scores 63. You know, I just don't see Clemson – I don't see Georgia Tech storing a lot of points on Clemson. I just don't. No, that, I don't think they will either. Uh, no. But, uh, you know. And I love the fact it's on a Thursday night. It's fantastic. I don't think I don't think Dabo, if, if Dabo gets up big, uh, I don't I don't really think he's going to try and rub him in too too hard. Um, no, no, I don't think so. Because Dabo's, he doesn't have that mentality. No. So, I, I obviously, our lock is Clemson to win. Oh, yeah. We're in, we're, we're in agreement there. Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, here's an interesting one to me. You've got number 14 ranked Utah at Brigham Young going to Provo. 
Utah is a uh, five-and-a-half point favorite. This is also on Thursday, 10-15. The over-under is 47. Not a large – yeah, I, I figured Utah would be favored a little heavier. No. But five-and-a-half point spread right now. I'm going to take Utah, and I think they cover that. I think Utah – there's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year too. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think Utah. I think Utah will take that. BYU. There's, man, you can never tell with them. Yeah, I, I mean they're, they're so surprising sometimes. Just the the way they play. Um, I, I mean they play tough. They play hard. Yeah. Uh, but they've wrecked many a seasons. They have. They have. Um, especially you know during the Steve Young eras. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, come a long way since the. Stevie Young. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Utah on that. Okay. All right, Saturday. Officially. College football Saturday. Thank First, for, you know, week one. Official, not week zero. Week one. I can't wait to go eat some wings and drink some beer. Yes, sir. Northwestern at Stanford. Stanford is favored by six and a half. The over-under is 47. This is on Fox at 4 p.m. Who you got? Where are they playing? At Stanford. I'm calling Northwestern to win this. Mm. I think they win it by a field goal. I say Stanford by a field goal. Okay. So we we are in disagreement there. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm going to take Northwestern, and I'm, I'm going to circle that. That's an iffy one. That's good though. Yeah, and I, I, I say they get them by a uh, field goal. All right. Uh, Houston. Nope. I'm sorry. That's Sunday. Let me get too far here. South Carolina. North Carolina. South Carolina favored by nine and a half. Over under 63. This is 330 on ESPN. Who you got? Uh, I'll take Carolina in that. Which one? South or North? South. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you there. I, I don't I don't think North Carolina is going to bring a whole lot to the table right now. All right. Oh, here's a good, here's an interesting one. Boise State and Florida State playing in Jacksonville, neutral site. Florida State is only favored by five and a half. The over-under is 53-and-a-half. I'm going Boise. You're going Boise? Going Boise by All touchdown. Right. I'm going to take Florida State, and I think they cover the five-and-a-half. I think they get them by, by touchdown. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. I like it. You're going upset central. Auburn and Oregon, neutral site game. Auburn is favored right now to date by three-and-a-half. Over and under. 55 and a half. This is at 7.30 on ABC. Cannot wait for this game. I know it, man. It's so exciting. It's, it's, and it's terrible. On, it's coming on the same time as the dogs, It's annoying, man. but that's why I have two TVs. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope that they have uh, multiple TVs where I'm going. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sure do the less sure miles thing. Will. I'm going to do the less miles <laughs> thing, though. And I'm going to run from one room to the other rather oh, than yeah. put both of them in the same room. Okay. So, no, I'll be out there in my pavilion, and I have a couple TVs out there. But anyway. Sweet. Who you got? Um, taking Auburn. Okay. I, t- I also will take Auburn. I think Auburn does not cover the spread. I think they win by a, by a field goal. Okay. I think they, they win a close one. Because y- you can't underestimate Oregon. Justin yeah. Herbert, they're fast. Yeah, they're they're going to be wide open, They're going to be wide open. And yeah. Auburn's got the defense, but I don't know that they, they're off. We'll see what kind of offense, offense. they Offense, yeah. Right? It's up in the air. That's what we talked about earlier. So we both got Auburn, but I don't think Auburn covers. All right, UJ and Vandy. Georgia's favored right now by 21. Over-under set at 57.5. This is on the SEC Network at 730. 
I have UGA to cover. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I have UGA to win regardless, but I do think they cover. Yeah. And I think we're going to see by the fourth quarter some of these newer fellas come in, especially on defense. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, Sunday, which I guess is officially technically week two, but not really. Uh, Houston travels to Norman. Is that where Oklahoma is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Houston travels to Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by 23 and a half, and the over-under is set at 82 and a half. <laughs> so pretty much what that says, the defenses aren't coming. Right. It's going to be a shootout. Uh, this yeah. is on ABC at 730. Uh, yeah, I like OU in that. I like OU in that, and, and I like them. I don't think they cover, though. Yeah. No. I think they get them by three touchdowns, but I think four scores is too high. Yeah. Just because it's the first game. All right, so we're going to go into week two. We both got Oklahoma, right? Yes. Yes. Week two. There's some cool ones in week two. All right. Army goes to Michigan. There are, I, don't, I don't have the point spreads on some of these because they haven't been released yet. At least where I was looking, they weren't. So we'll just go straight up pick. Does Army pull off the upset? Can they do it? Mm, I, I I don't think so. Um, I just I don't think they've got the athletes that Michigan has. I'm gonna I'm going for it. You're going for the upset. I'm going for the upset. I'm going for the Black Knights. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm going with the old Wolverines on right. this one. And you're probably correct, but I, I got to go with Army. So well, I mean, my gut, man. I, well, you know I I like Army too. Um, you know. Yeah. Hoorah. Hoorah. Uh, I mean, the way they finished last season, you know. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Interesting. Texas A&M at Clemson. Again, there's no line here. I don't have anything. If there is one, I didn't have it where I was at. I really I really think that's going to be a better game than a lot of people think. Um, last year, it was a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as this year, I really think it'll be a good one. Um. I think Kellen Mond will really show how much he's grown um, facing these guys. Uh, but I still think Clemson pulls it out in a nail-biter. Yeah. Um, uh, th- three points. I agree. I think this goes into overtime. Yeah. I think I, it goes into overtime and Clemson pulls it out. I could see that. Yep. I really could. I think Clemson just simply outlasts. Texas A&M, they just – Clemson's offense just completely just overwhelms. Yeah. Just eventually. Not at first. This is going to be a physical game. Yeah, I think I'm so. I'm hoping – because the way they played it last year, mm-hmm. if this year is the same, then this has to be a yearly game. Because oh, yeah. that, that was such a fun game last No doubt. Year. No doubt. All right. Uh, Stanford, which is number 25 in the country, goes to University of Southern California. The line here is three and a half in favor of USC. USC not ranked, but still favored over Stanford. I think I think USC gets them. I'll go with the Trojans. Yeah. I think USC gets them, and I think they cover. I think they win by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Here's one that's interesting. LSU goes to Texas. LSU is favored right now. This keeps changing, but it's favored right now by four. I think that's ridiculous. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Edo, and I'm saying it's more than four. Yeah. I, I, I think – I think they at least get them by fourteen. Oh, I, 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 yeah, no, no question. Two scores at the Texas. Is, Texas touchdowns. is the biggest overrated team that there is right now. LSU takes that over Texas by at least fourteen points. I, I would not be surprised if it was more. Yeah. But I, I just Sam Ellinger against that 
ridiculous LSU defense right mm-hmm. now? No. No. He's going to get a couple plays, and it may be at the beginning of the game. Yeah. But once that secondary finds their feet, yeah, LSU's just going to punish him. Yeah. I agree with That's that. That's just my opinion. But I, and I not not because I've got hard feelings about Texas no, with, the, no. with the Sugar Bowl. I just I just think that they are really overrated. I don't have hard feelings with Texas at all. I think they yeah. played a heck of a game. They did. Sam Ellinger's a baller. He is. I he love is straight I, dude, up baller. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah. I mean, I hated it was at the expense of the Bulldogs, but it is what it is. Yeah. You got to call it like it was. Yeah. He was a la Tim Tebow. Oh, without a doubt. You know. And uh, I. For those of you who don't know me, I'm I kind of live in a paradox. I'm not a Florida fan. I'm a Georgia fan, and I absolutely loved him, Tebow. <laughs> so I just think he's a quality guy. Man, what a fun show! We had a lot. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot going on. So sorry for the length of the uh, show. A little long this time, but we got a lot to unpack. Um, we're gonna try to keep the shows coming as the season progresses. Lots of really great matchups this season. It's going to be interesting to see. I told you on one of the drops or one of the episodes, I can't remember, that we would have a big announcement on episode 9, which is what this is. Mm-hmm. However, I think we're going to save that announcement for episode 10. Okay. Because I just that just feels right. Keep the people in suspense. Keep the people in suspense. I hate to tell you we're going to do something and then not do it, but I think it's, we're going to be better suited to wait for episode 10. Sounds and good. And that way Statman's here. We have the entire cast and crew, and we can do it and drop the good news because it's going to be a lot of fun. I, pr- I can promise you that. And we can have our pod beer with it. And we can, yep, we can do that, and we can celebrate because it's it's a pretty significant step in our podcast. Again, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Find us on social media. Subscribe to our pages. We really love doing this, guys, and it's because of the listeners that we're going to be encouraged to continue to do more. So if we're doing, hey, let us know. Yeah, how we're doing? Please. Please let us know. That that that's how that's how we we really we really like to hear your feedback. Yeah, because when we hear your feedback, whether we're doing good, bad, whatever, you know, if we if we're not covering something that you want us to cover, you know, we'll maybe look into that. Um, but we just we just love we just love doing it, and uh, you know, like I said, it's just something that we've I got had. a quick fun question. I want to ask you real quick. All right, I like questions. Fun questions. I had to step away and get my other notebook, which was six feet away. So, all right, so I, I saw this. This is kind of fun. Well, this, is, this is a cool way to close out the uh, the episode number nine. All right, so you. Mm-hmm. Three, you play golf. You like golf. I love golf. love golf. Yes. Not very good at it, but No, what's I your dream it. golf course? My dream golf course? Actually, you know what? That's part of the question. Don't answer that right now. <laughs> I was fixing to blow it out. So. All right, so actually, you and three people, you get a foursome. Okay. You get to pick th- any three people you want. Okay. Fictional, doesn't matter. And and so that rounds out your foursome. You pick which three people you want to take. That's just your foursome. And where are you taking them to play? Your dream course. Okay. Put you on the spot. So do they have they have to be golfers or no, just, anybody. just anybody? They can be cartoon characters. I don't care. Just, I mean probably be better if they're real people but you know what i'm saying it can be anybody any athlete actor musician politician why you want to do that i don't know but yeah um and i really haven't thought about this either so i'm scrambling right now that's why i'm making you answer first okay uh i think somebody that would really be fun to play with who would just be an absolute blast 
Yep. John Daly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really think that it would be a blast. It'd be a party. Oh, I guarantee it'd be a party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, and, you know, I, I'm really going to catch a lot of criticism for this because I really didn't like him as a golfer coming yeah. up. But he seemed to be a little more humble now. And I like guys that do that, that calm down yeah. and humble themselves and appreciate it, appreciate the game for what it is. Tiger Woods. Okay. So two golfers so far. Two golfers. John, okay. John Daly, Tiger Woods. Um, My third person. Uh-huh. I, I, I mean, I'd have to say my son. Oh wow, going family. All yeah. right. Because I, I mean, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to experience that playing with John Daly and Tiger Woods uh-huh. without him being there. That's cool. I figured you take me, whatever. Well, I mean, <laughs> hey, if, if he'd be a five, some yeah. I get it. Spoiler alert: my son's <laughs> included in mine too. But mine's not as old. So, where are you going? What course? What's the dream course? That's a tough mm. one because there's actually a lot. There is a lot, man. I, I would. A part of me wants to say Augusta, but you can't really, you can't really go to Augusta and like party the way John Daly wants to. Well, he's done it before. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'd rather go to another place. Yeah. To where you can really cut loose. I got you. You know, you can wear shorts. You know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. drink on it whatever you want to. Pebble Beach? No, I think I'd I think I'd uh, I think I'd like to go to uh, Ocabo over there in one of those courses over there. Yeah. And, okay. And play over there. You like the the beach? Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, in Mexico too. Mm-hmm. That salt water air, man, that would be absolutely awesome. I hear that. So John Daly, Tiger Woods. And and I would love to go over there on Tiger's yacht. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can make that happen. Hey, all right, so good answer. Yeah, I would love to take my little my little boy with me. He's he's ten, so you know. But just where I'd want to go, I wouldn't want to experience. Heads up, I would go to Augusta, Augusta National. No yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. No question at all. Um, I would go there, and I would want him to be with me for that. Mm-hmm. But the two people, and I had to think about it real quick, and it was annoying because I, I should have planned for this better, but I didn't. Uh, I would love to play golf with Kirby Smart <sighs> because of how competitive he is, mm-hmm. and he absolutely loves golf. Either him or Nick Saban, mm-hmm. one of the two, but I, I think Kirby. Uh, also, I would like to play with Tim Tebow. Okay. I, I, I'm just a big fan of Tim Tebow. I think he's a quality dude, mm-hmm. and I feel like you know, he'd probably be – you know. Super fun to hang out with. I thought you'd pick me. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're there too. <laughs> I'll and be, then, of course, I'll be a caddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and again, Augusta National. I mean, but if I had to pick another one, see, that's the problem. I don't really know a lot of the names of some of these other courses, mm-hmm. but I would love to go to the one of the ones in like Scotland or Ireland mm-hmm. or England, even just, you know, for the history of it all. St. Andrews? I don't know about St. Andrews. I don't know about that one. <laughs> maybe, maybe one of the ones that Roy McRoy used to play in Northern Ireland. Is that where St. Andrews is? I don't even know. It's no, St. Andrews is Scotland, right? Yeah, it's over there somewhere. Yeah, it's over there. It's in, in the kingdom. 
Mm-hmm. Bowl Kingdom. All right, guys, we're going to close this thing out. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, email us at thedropoutspc at gmail.com. Again, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. Find us. We're on iTunes, we're on Google, we're on Spotify, we're on iHeartRadio. Wherever you find us, just find us. Like us, subscribe, let us know how we're doing. If we suck, tell us we suck. If we're great, tell us we're great. Doesn't matter, we're going to do it anyway. We want to hear from you. Yes, we do. We appreciate you. I'm Hunter. JT, live life to the fullest, guys. And tonight's podcast beer is Mick Ultra. I'm sure most of you have had Mick Ultra. Mm-hmm. So that's all I had in my fridge tonight. Didn't Me, ha- I didn't have any cervezas. So I had agua, agua, agua's over okay. ice. Agua's good yeah. over ice, especially. Right. All right, guys, we appreciate you. Love and light. God bless. Go dogs. Go dogs. Go dogs.